This is Finally Free, a podcast for those sick of battling their bodies, sick of fearing food and the number on the scale, sick of punishing exercise all in the pursuit of diet culture's version of health and wellness. I'm Alana Vandersloos, a certified intuitive eating counselor, eating disorder survivor, and the founder of Freedom with Food and Fitness, where I offer group coaching for women who are ready to heal their relationship with food in their bodies and become their healthiest, happiest, most confident selves without ever having to go on another diet. On this podcast, you will hear me answer your biggest questions around how to become a successful intuitive eater. You'll hear inspiring stories of other women on their food freedom journeys, those who are recovering, those who are recovered, and those who are helping others to do the same. I'll teach you how to quiet that incessant voice in your head telling you you're not enough, how to find peace and satisfaction with food again, how to embrace the one and only body you have with fitness you enjoy so you can move through this world with confidence. Are you ready to be finally free? Before we get started, I want to remind you of everything I have to offer with Freedom with Food and Fitness. First, I offer group coaching. My 10-week intuitive eating coaching program is called Defy the Diet, and it blends intuitive eating principles and mindset work in a hybrid format that blends group and private coaching to give my clients amazing results. My summer cohort client, Adriana, had this to say about me as her coach. Alana's helped me develop a healthier relationship with food and helped me to uncover the root causes of my disordered eating. She's very open and honest about her own struggles in her journey, which empower me and the other ladies in the group to have deep conversations about the challenges and pressures we face from diet culture in our society. Uh, It's testimonials like that that seriously make everything I do for my clients and my business worth every second. If you are someone who wants true mental and physical health without restriction or obsession, you want to stop overeating, find consistency in nutrition, movement, and self-care, and take the guilt out of wellness, this program is for you. If you're ready for your ticket to food freedom, enrollment opens today for Defy the Diet. Fill out your application and schedule a call with me at freedomwithfoodandfitness.com slash call. We'll talk all about your current struggles, flesh out those goals, and create a clear step-by-step roadmap that we will travel together to finally get you to your goals. We have a brand new coach coming on board this cycle and five new Defy the Diet package options to make this program more supportive than ever before. It's an insanely effective program tailored to your needs and your budget. Enrollment ends on December 12th, and spots that include one-to-one coaching are limited, so again, Go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com slash call to apply today. If you're not quite ready for coaching, check me out on Instagram at freedomwithfoodandfitness. There, I have free quizzes to assess your relationship with food and exercise, articles I've written, exclusive blog posts, free intuitive eating worksheets, free videos, and so much more. In today's episode, I'm talking to Alex Hart, a body resilience, health, and life coach. Alex's passion is helping millennials who have been riding the diet and fitness roller coaster to break free from body image beliefs that hold them back from living a full and rich life. She combines knowledge around body image, fitness, and nutrition to help deconstruct body image beliefs and help build a new relationship that focuses on embracing the whole self over just our bodies. 
If you want more of Alex, check her out at Instagram at Grow Grit Fit and Facebook at Grow Grit Fit. I really, really enjoyed this conversation with Alex because I too am a millennial. I grew up in the 90s, so all the experiences she had, uh, you know, growing up with this this low fat fat, you know, fad and diets and totally resonated with all of that. So it was a really great conversation. She's a really wonderful person, very caring coach. So she offers one-to-one coaching if that's something that you're into. And without further ado, here's my conversation with Alex Hart. Cool. Hi, Alex. How are you? Good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Happy to have you here. Grow Grit Fit. I love that name. That's such a fantastic name. Thank you. I, 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 the way it came about was I like, I like alliteration, I guess. Cause like I wanted it to sound like, I don't know. And then I like grit. Grit is a word that I think is very important just yeah. to kind of show like people overcoming anything and everything. So right. I'm assuming you read the Angela Duckworth book. Grit. I have not. Oh, you should. It's so amazing. It's all about grit and, and how to get it and what it is and what it isn't. And it's, it's amazing. Okay. I will add it to my list for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so let's start from the very beginning, you know, how you got to grow grit fit. What was your relationship like with food and your body growing up? Oh yeah. So we'll start with what, how it was when I was growing up. Um, I was, when I was younger, I was adopted. So I, but in that transition, I went to a few different homes and when I was finally adopted by my, my current adoptive parents, um, I had an eating disorder. Like I was eating out of feelings. Um, so it was like, my mom said I had no hunger or fullness cues. And it was like very heavily emotional eating and, um, my relationship as with food as a child. And then early teenage years was like, it was a way to like, make me feel comfortable and make me feel loved or like feel good. Cause I love that feeling of feeling extremely full. And even as an adult, I still kind of like, um, when I understood what binging was, I had to like understand that you like how to kind of work through eating out of feelings and eating out of like, you know, is this something that I just am craving or is this something I'm eating? Cause I want to feel better and like separate the two. Sure. Um, but yeah, as a child, that was, um, my relationship with food. And then it kind of morphed into like a poor relationship with my body because, um, I was always the bigger child <laughs> in my family and the things my mom did to help me kind of stop overeating was like, I mean, this was nineties. She did what she could in the nineties, you know? Um, but some of the things that she did was like, I had to take fish oil before every dinner. I had to drink three cups of water before every dinner and like ways to make me feel full before we eat. And that kind of just like made, and I think I remember very, well, I don't think, but I remember a doctor telling me that the if I continued eating the way I was going to do too, or I did, I was going to become fat and fat was not something I wanted to be. So that stuck with me for a long time. And then teenage years, you know, all of that, I struggled with weight. I was never the skinniest girl. I have very broad shoulders and, um, you know, I just, I always looked a little bit, I never was the skinniest one. So I struggled with body image and eating. And then I just wouldn't eat for days as a teenager. Yeah. You just go through that weird phase of like trying to fit in and you think your body is the most important part about you. So you don't eat and you, or you eat very little and you're like, I can just eat one meal a day and I'll be fine. Um, it wasn't really until I was an adult though. Um, and I'm going to actually put a year at 30. <laughs> so that's like five years ago that I started to really understand that I had a very poor relationship with food. 
um, in a poor relationship with my body. And um, it was one of the, it kind of came out of all the running that I was doing. I think if you've been on my page, you know, like I was a marathon runner, I ran three marathons, like, and through that process, I learned that I had a bad relationship with my body <laughs> deeper than like trying to always fix it. But then, you know, you kind of see your body fluctuate through that process of like, I'm running, you know, all these miles and I'm like either dropping weight and then I'm gaining 30 pounds back. And it just, I saw it just keep getting worse with every marathon. And I was like, what is going on? I'm doing something wrong and I don't know what it is. And I feel like just kind of going to that point of desperation where I was like, and age, <laughs> like I'm starting to age. And there are some things that just kind of happen to your body naturally mm-hmm. um, that I finally was like, I need to kind of really dig in into my relationship with myself um, and my relationship with food and figure out how to like, and workouts and stuff like that, and how to kind of marry them together. Like this is instead of hating my body and constantly pushing my body and trying to change my body, maybe there's something better out there. And that's kind of how we ended up at Grow Grit Fit. I, um, I started looking into health and wellness courses, started taking certifications. I got my certified personal trainer and just learning all about how food and exercise works. And, you know, also then marrying it with that body image component of like, you know, you're not doing this to change your body. You can love your body. You can, you don't even have to like love every part of your body. You can just love who you are and like who you are on the inside. And that will radiate, radiate and let you appreciate who you are on the outside. And that's funny where that you said there. that. Yeah. Cause I, I said the other day, cause it's body appreciation week. So I said the other day, how like I was a big body checker. I had body dysmorphia and I would you know, check my, I would like lift up my shirt like all the time. And it was like, this like, it was like a snowball effect. The more I did it, the more I wanted to keep doing it. And now it's to the point where like, I don't, I don't want mirror avoidance either. So I'll like, right before I do a workout in the morning, I'll just like take a look at how, like what everything looks like. And I find that when I say something to myself in the mirror, while looking at myself that's positive, but has nothing to do with my body, what I see is actually better. Because because what you see, what seeing isn't always believing, especially with something like body dysmorphia, you don't really see what's truly there because you have all these internal messages. But going back to what your your story, I find it so interesting, um, the component of, of adoption and how that might have and, and then foster life, how that might have impacted um, was it, was it maybe like a sense of control or, or, and also what you said, like the absence of love almost? Yeah, I, th- I think it was a little bit of both. I, I, I know I'm, I have issues with control as an adult, so I'm assuming I probably had some of that as a child. Um, and I feel like I couldn't control making when, and like, as when you're going, I went through five different foster homes before I was officially adopted. So, um, and not actually having that initial, you know, relationship with your paternal your mom you know in the beginning of being held and like so whatever attachment slash kind of thing that came out of that led me to find that the only way I could get that feeling or like know it was in my control because I just apparently didn't trust humans as a child like my mom said I didn't really connect with them but I really loved food and so it was like a struggle for me to you know kind of open up myself and have a relationship with my parents as a kid, because I just didn't feel safe. So it was a little bit of like, this is how I feel safe. This is how I feel comfortable. This is how I feel good. And it was all food related. I I think a lot of people who are listening, who 
either also come from a foster background or who have maybe negligent parents who just aren't around to give them that love. I think they'd really resonate with that um, and probably have some similar situations going on. Now, you said with Grow Grit Fit, you have you have the nutrition component, you have the fitness component, and then you, you marry it with body image. So can we just define for everybody what body image is? Yeah. Um, so body image is coming to a, I, I think of it as coming to a relationship with yourself and your body, um, seeing your yourself as who you are on the inside, kind of knowing, reconnecting with that, because I feel like a lot of us, um, and the way that our society works, we are disconnected from who we are on the inside. Um, I know I was for a long time. Um, I was really good at putting a great image out there and I had like, but on the inside, I just didn't feel whole. And I've, I've had clients tell me that that's a big reason why they reached out to me is they felt like something was missing and you can be doing all the right things in fitness and nutrition and just have that one component of not feeling your yourself or whole or knowing like, what do I like to do? What, how do I like, what is self-care? What is all of, so body image is like understanding how to take care of yourself and like, and, and appreciate yourself and love yourself internally and externally. And then that flows like through, I think through food and fitness and stuff like that. But, um, usually you can get to, usually it's like somebody has to start with food. Maybe if that's their biggest hang up or their biggest issue or fitness, if that's like where they're struggling with the most, and then we can tap into body image. It's like, it's taking small chunks of it at a time and figuring out where your biggest struggle is or where you're like, not necessarily feeling like you're in control in a way. Cause that's what people want to feel when it comes to like body image and why weight loss is such a big thing is it's a form of control or like feeling like you can take control of something <laughs> and body image is some, there's so much components of body image that you can't control. Like I mean, there's genetics and there's other components that are out of your control. So how to let go of that part of control while still treating yourself and loving yourself and accepting yourself. So, right, right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a dichotomy. It's, it, there's so much nuance to it. And I, I love that you said that even though it's called body image, people assume it's just about the external body, but it's also about what's inside the body as well. It all kind of works together. So what are the benefits of accepting your body and, and reframing health to not just be a physical thing? What will people gain from yeah. working with you or in, you know improving their body image overall? Yeah, I think for me, what, and I'm just gonna use my own experience because I'm my biggest client. Um, okay. For me, it was just being able to let go or let go of my idea or need to be perfect and to appear to everyone as this really perfect, like, and individual, and it opened up relationships. I think the biggest thing for me is where it impacted me the most was opened up my relationships with my husband, um, with my friends, because I was connected with myself finally. Like I knew how, what things I liked. I knew what I, what brought me joy. I knew how to set boundaries for myself and say no to certain things that doesn't like, it's just this reconnecting and being okay with who you are that just opens up this world of like self-compassion for yourself. And then it allows you to have deeper relationships with people around you, allows you to communicate better. You feel comfortable in your job. You can start to explore options. It just gives you that it, it's freedom. And I know it sounds so magical. Like I, 
to, when I describe it sometimes, I'm like, it sounds like a fairy tale, but it doesn't mean everything in your life is going to be perfect. You just are in such a better place with who you are that you can kind of just go with the flow of things and let things happen. And you feel better about where you're at because you're not constantly trying to change or be something you're not. Right. That's like the biggest, like overall thing that I think comes from really working on it. I agree that this whole idea that, you know, it does sound magical and freeing and amazing and it is, but that's not to say you won't have a bad body image day or you won't have negative emotions or get pissed or sad or cry. It's like, it's all part of it. It's just, you know, how to deal with that better. Like I have days where yeah, I have bad body image days, but I know the things to say to myself. I know how to talk to myself. I know what behaviors not to indulge in. So you just, you're just a better human being. And like you said, the body stuff gets better, but that radiates out into feeling more confident with your relationships, feeling more confident at work, feeling confident, you know, setting up boundaries with other people that need boundaries with you. Um, that's fantastic. So, so what exactly do you offer your clients? Yeah. So right now I am doing, I have what's called brave body beginnings, which is a alliteration. <laughs> it's there again. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I, it's a one-on-one coaching course designed and, and the way I did it was it's very customizable. There's, uh, you know, I have, it's not 90 days to so three months, but, um, and there's certain things we do. There's like certain meditations and stuff like that we do together. Um, me leading and kind of walking you through some like re- mental rehearsal is what I call it, where you're kind of seeing this future vision of yourself and like letting go of some of the things that maybe you're holding back from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's one-on-one it's customizable. So and that's why I say when we talk about like body image, there's not like one size fits all kind of scenario. And so with my course, it's like, what is your biggest struggle is comparison, what you're struggling with when it comes to social media, or when you're out with your friends, are you body checking yourself and then body checking your friends? Like if that's the area, then, you know, we kind of need to steer a little bit different in how we talk and what we, what we discuss and the content needs to be different. So it's very customizable up to whatever, you know, if it's food, like I said, or nutrition or working out maybe, and you don't have to necessarily be like, I don't like have bad, bad, bad body image to join the course. It can be, can be anywhere in the, like, um, the spectrum of like, I I'm, I'm interested in body image or like, I kind of understand it. I feel good in my body, but I know that I'm struggling with some diet culture, things that kind of keep me sometimes thinking negative thoughts and I see the cycle. I want to stop the cycle. And that's the work that I can kind of do too. So, um, it's, you know, it's all encompassing. (laughs) Great. I love that. I love that. Um, and I also really love that you seem to focus on helping millennials. That's what you said. Mm -hmm. Uh, how do you think diet culture affects millennials differently or maybe more so than other generations? Yeah. So I think for millennials, we all grew up in the nineties when the low fat diets and BMI was just part of our conversation. I mean, I know in my home, my mom did Atkins, she did any and every diet. And that was just part of like, and very early on, she put me on a diet because it was like, be careful. Thin is what you want to be. Like, you don't want to end up like me. And, um, I feel like it was just, it was such a common thing in the households that, um, millennials grew up in. And then you put in the the advent of social media. And now we're like, 
maybe we didn't necessarily have like the perfect Kardashian body when we were younger. And now we're just like, we feel the pressure. So it's like to conform. And, you know, I watch TV that's like geared towards our age group. And I notice a lot of it's like, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, then there's this cute little girl who comes over and she takes your husband away. And like, this is the kind of like messaging we are fed with and have been fed with for years. And so for millennials, I feel like it's, it's just kind of coming to or de deconstructing those beliefs that we've heard that we've had our parents say doctors say and kind of embrace this idea of like what is body diversity how does that impact me and it's okay to like be in the body that i'm in and the size that i'm in and still feel comfortable in it and not have to change um and like i said it really comes i think it comes just from the 90s when i know it was all, all around where i grew up i'm assuming you probably had oh, a very yeah. similar experience yep yep and it's so interesting uh, and i have to hold space for compassion for the people who brought us that fat phobic you know what i mean it's like that doctor that said you know you don't want to be fat like clearly he was fat phobic he was afraid of being fat if he wasn't already uh, in a larger body. And then your mom, like she, you know, her, her narrative was probably, I've, I'm in a large body. I'm uncomfortable in a larger body. I have this daughter that I love. I don't want her to feel uncomfortable. So I'm going to do everything I can, but it's really, you know, it's, it's, it's not the way to do it, but you know, it's, it's something to recognize holding space and self-compassion for people who, you know, do it like that. But yeah, the nineties, man, they were brutal. We had snack wells, we had those yeah. guilt-free something, something, I don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> snack wells. The hundred calorie snack thing still like they got me for so long. I thought I, oh, I can't even. <laughs> I know. I, it's terrible. Um, but at the same time, which is so funny is that was the advent of all this processed food. Like it was like Dunkaroos and, and Gushers and like all this crazy, I don't even know what it was made of stuff. And not that, that, not that that's bad, that you can't have that, but it's just funny how there was this, this like polar opposites of the 90s. It's so funny. Yeah. Like and nutrition was a weird thing in the 90s. Like yeah. if you think about it, because everything that they did was fat free was full of sugar. So like we, I don't know, we're so or chemicals or whatever, you know, whatever yeah. it was, still make it taste good without the fat in it. it was, oh my gosh. I mean, we ate TV dinners pretty frequently in my house. So like that was just part of the culture too. And so it's weird to kind of like have been be so far removed from that. I don't obviously eat um, processed foods to that extent anymore, but it's like, it's just very interesting because that has impacted the way that our bodies process stuff because we've been in, we've been around chemicals for so long. It's just ah, crazy when you think about it. Um, so what is one takeaway strategy that listeners can take from this episode with regard to healing their body image? What's like one thing, one small thing they could do today? Yeah, I was thinking about that this morning because um, I feel like when, when we talk about reconnecting with yourself, that seems so, like I said, it's kind of far off and I don't know how to get started. And I think the biggest takeaway I can say to kind of start helping yourself heal um, is to reconnect with yourself in a way that's playful and fun that you haven't done in a long time. And, um, you know, my one client came to me and she's like, I just feel like something was missing and I didn't really know what it was. And I was like, well, what do you like to do? And she was, I was like, what makes you happy? What makes you passionate? And she was like, I don't really know. And so we kind of walked through some different things that she could do. And like, it can go anywhere from like, 
maybe it's getting out and like trying rollerblading for the first time or roller skating again, like a kid, it's touching back to those like childhood memories that made you feel good. Um, maybe another way to kind of reconnect with yourself is like, maybe you enjoy helping people and maybe right now, cause of like all the craziness you can't necessarily, but you could always write your neighbor a letter and just say like, Hey, I was thinking about you today, you know, left a card in your mailbox. There's ways to kind of like give yourself a little boost in confidence and in feeling good, that doesn't have to be about changing your body. And when you can kind of tap back into that, um, that's like the beginning of opening yourself up to those good feelings and those, those great hormones that make you feel good, that will help you kind of be more open to like having grace and accepting your body and making small steps to get there. Right. Absolutely. Um, I love, I love that. I love, um, just one thing that I've been doing lately, because I've been kind of on that tap back into who I used to be, like just like tapping back into my childhood, my teenage years a little bit, just to inject more fun into, into life. And I noticed that listening to the music that I listened to when I was a teenager kind of transports me back there and just gives me like this levity that sometimes is missing. So yeah, I, I totally am on board with that for sure. Um, and my last question that I ask everybody is, since this is the Finally Free podcast, what does it mean to you to be finally free? Uh, I feel like for me, it's feeling comfortable with who I am finally and tapping into, I mean, I don't think I would be here on this podcast today or like any podcast if I hadn't finally become free. Like I feel comfortable in who I am. And I feel like I can take on things that I, otherwise I probably would have been very nervous <laughs> to do, or like would have shied away from because I I'm just in a better place emotionally, physically. And it, you just feel good to be like, you know what? I can finally do something that I've always wanted to do, or that I've been scared to do. And here I am. And yeah, it's like a, here I am moment. <laughs> here I am world. Take I'm here. <laughs> Oh my gosh, Alex, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. All right. And everybody, um, if you if you enjoyed the conversation with Alex, check out the show notes, see everywhere she is and and hire her. Hire this yes. girl. <laughs> All you. right, we'll talk soon. Bye. So that is it for today's episode. Seriously, of all the podcasts you can be listening to, I'm so honored that you took the time to listen to mine. I'm also so proud of you for taking this small step forward toward food and body freedom. If you like what you hear and you want to work with me as your coach, go to freedomwithfoodandfitness.com to schedule a free 15-minute discovery call. That way I can hear your specific needs and set up a game plan for your success. I would also be so, so grateful if you could subscribe, follow, rate, and review this podcast so many more people who need help with dieting, body image, disordered eating, and fitness can find our message of freedom. Until next time.